and you had to have a pair of lineman's pliers in your back pocket. That's in case a ship is coming, you don't want them to hit that piano wire with you at the other end of it. So when a ship is coming, you reach up there and you snip that wire and let it go. That's why you had a large role. I'm Liz Rogers. And I'm Maxie McGuire. And this is In the Bilge, a podcast about stories under the deck. Listen, subscribe, and share us online. Find more information on www.inthebilge.com. And we are at WIDA 2022, the Western Dredging Association Conference. Maxie and I are hanging out with somebody really special. Oh. Good afternoon. Uh, I'd like to first say thanks to our sponsors, Five and Two Marketing and Garber uh, Garber Brothers Inc. Absolutely, and couldn't do it without. We're here with yeah, and we're here with with Alan. Uh, Alan and I go back twenty years plus, and uh, just kind of wanted to kick off into builds with a with a guy who's been a mentor of mine for a long time. Um, had some laughs. Uh, no, he, he's seen me lose my temper, uh, uh, but he's coached me, and uh, you know I, I, I probably don't go a month without talking to him just to just to pick his brain on things. And uh, we'd like to have the show and pick your brain and, and kind of talk about how the industry's changed uh, in the years. Uh, if I got it right, this is year number fifty for you in the industry, and uh, you know correct. you've been around and seen a lot. So I'd like to hear a little bit about what uh, what's changed. Great, thanks, Max. I'm Alan Dupont, by the way, and yeah, we go back a ways. And, and we've had good times and bad. I think um, he calls me a mentor, and I think it's all, I never knew that term until I saw people coming up to me later saying, wow, you know, now that you've gone, I, you, you taught me this, you taught me that. And I just felt like, oh, that's, a, that's the biggest compliment I can get. Yeah. It's for somebody like you, who's the head of an organization that has all these dredges and all this equipment and people, and to come to me and say, you're my mentor. Uh, so that, that's, that's something that makes me feel good. And I, I'm in the twilight of my career now. Like I told you, I hit 50 years, I'm working on 51, and the wife was saying, when are you going to get out of all this mess? You know, when are you going to leave weed? When are you going to take it and relax? But I enjoy the industry, and I've always enjoyed it from the beginning. You know, we, we've seen all sorts of things come about, and I've been pretty lucky. You know, I came along, you know, freshly after college, about a year or so out of college, and got involved with being dredging, and got involved in the design of dredges, operating of dredges, you know, marketing of dredges, got into shipbuilding of equipment, you know, and the dredges themselves. And so I saw that as, it just gave me a well-rounded background. So I did operations of all types of dredges over the years. Um, I have, I can say there's probably not one dredge I haven't touched or used. Really? And we've had some new technology that we've tried and adapted on projects. So, yeah. you know, when you say, have you ever seen this? I've just about seen them all. That, that's the nice part about it. <laughs> yeah. So I left the contractor side and went doing a little bit more of the engineering of projects, dredging projects, coastal restoration projects. And that got me sparked too because I could go to a client and pitch the project to them and say, I know exactly what the contractor is going to do to you. I know exactly where the weaknesses are in your designs or your contract language, and I can get you out of trouble. Yeah. So coming out of a client's office saying, you got the job, you can engineer my project, because they're a practical knowledge applied to engineered designs. That was the biggest part. Yeah. It, it, and it's made me who I am today. Yeah, and it's so refreshing, too, to work with a customer or a client or their engineer that actually has the experience. There's a lot of them yeah. that work in and around it, um, but to really say I've been there and seen it, it, it's nice when you have an issue that you can discuss right. uh, objectively on the table. Yeah, I've, I've had port clients track me down as I left and moved to other firms to try to get with me so I can get more work for them done. So, you know, 
that plus being a mentor, like you say, that's that's what pats me on the back. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Let's well, let's go back to 1972 and I, say what what were you what were you doing in your first job? You, that's you're what a, I you're are know. A, you're a, so you're a, you're a civil engineer out of LSU. Freshly uh, married, we heard, right? You started actually not quite. I was overseas working in the oil field industry, and the okay. company was bought out. Check stopped coming, and I said I need to go home. I'm getting married in six months, <laughs> so off I went. And I said, what's going on back in the U.S. of A.? Yeah. And someone said, how about a dredging firm? And I didn't know what that was. And later on, I come to find out that my uncle actually worked in the dredging industry. So, you know, it's kind of in your blood. That's but, interesting. My grandmother had two or three brothers that worked for Great Lakes. Really? And didn't find out till I got in. Yeah, so. yep. I actually went fishing with my uncle out to one of the dredges. And I, rec- I remember it to this day. You know, we went out going fishing at night, saw this machine out there with these spuds going up and down. I said, and he says, that's the dredge. That's how it moves. I still didn't understand it back then you know, <laughs> as a kid. So, I mean, I got into it, and the, I got into it when Bean was starting its building program. So we were designing the dredges, and I didn't know what. I knew enough as an engineer to be able to put the numbers to it. So that kind of keep, kept progressing into bigger equipment, more equipment, different types of equipment. Right. But, but the nice, nice thing about it was Bean Dredging was an innovative firm. Maxie, you were there. You've seen it. We got to see, uh, let's say, thoughts put to paper yeah. and put out in the field. And... We did lots of things that others wouldn't do. Yeah, the, the, the thing I remember the most about uh, Bean was, uh, was, was Jim with the what if. Yes. What if we could, or if yes. we think about this, and the what ifs and the yes. possibilities. You know, and I, I did everything with them. I mean, I was out in the field doing surveys. When surveys were, I call them in their infancy. And Max remembers, yeah. they were out in a flat boat with an outboard motor and what they call a Rambo tagline wheel, <laughs> which is a bicycle wheel with a gas engine on it, and you put a lot of piano wire on it. <laughs> and you would pull up to the bank and have a survey line set up. Mm-hmm. You'd throw it on that stake, turn it around, and go out across the river 5,000 feet. And you had to have a pair of lineman's pliers in your back pocket. That's in case a ship is coming. You don't want them to hit that piano wire with you at the other end of it. So when a ship is coming, you reach up there and you snip that wire and let it go. <laughs> That's why you had a large roll. And then... But that, you know, surveying has progressed. That was the old days with a fathometer and a tagline. At TL James, when I was there, we developed software to take that, take triangulation system. Basically, you know, you put something over here, transmits a signal, something over there transmits a signal, and you can triangulate, right? That was good, but it wasn't on paper. It wasn't on screen. Well, we developed a lot of that in-house. We developed software for it. So, you know, I, when I say I got experience in that, I led the team in doing that development on that. So it came around where we developed our software for it. We put it on paper, put it on the dredges, and the, and the, the Lieberman or the, or the captain knew exactly where he was in the channel all the time. Now that's since progressed to the more sophisticated things you see now. Windows-based, high-pack, dredge-pack, all those things. A little thing called GPS oh, yes. came GPS, into our GPS lives, GPS and so you don't have to do any of that that's anymore. Right. So, you know, when you see those things progress, you say, you know, I had a hand in that. Yeah. I saw it when, when it was a caveman type you know, operation out there. And now it's so sophisticated, I don't want to ask a question. Say, tell me where to push the button, sir, and I'll take it from there. But I don't want to know anything more because it's too deep for me. It's, it's, it's really something. So. Interesting question. What was the cost of diesel fuel in 1972? <laughs> it was pennies on the dollar. Oh, my Pennies, word. pennies, pennies. I mean, gasoline was 29 cents a gallon when we were younger. Oh, my you know, So yeah. diesel was 35 cents a gallon back right. then. Now it's 5 or $6 a gallon. So, 
Yeah. So you know, you, you see lots of things the longer you stay in the industry. But I haven't gone anywhere else. Like I told you, I went into the engineering community, and I kept being called back to do dredging work, coastal restoration work. And I told Maxie, I said, we like to do dredging where we're filling the marsh to grow vegetation. A couple of years ago, we did a project where we pumped oyster shells through a pump, hydraulically, into the marsh to grow, to, re, to replenish the marsh and grow the grasses back. Wow. Nobody pumps oysters. You avoid oysters at all costs. But that was our target source of material, and we had to do that. And, you know, once you know what you're looking at, you've got the experience, you know how to handle it, you work the safeguards around it, you can make it work, but you got to put your mind to it. You know, so it's, it's interesting to see those things happen. You go back and say, nobody else will ever recognize this project except me. I did it. The client knows what we did, but he probably doesn't recognize it either. I have my marsh back. <laughs> but he's got oyster shells out there supporting it now. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, it's a unique industry. So, so what are you doing with yourself now that you're, uh, I, would, I guess, semi-retired? You're, you said your workload gets less and less. But uh, what do you do with your personal time now that you have some? I have very little because uh, personal life took over as I retired, and I was doing consulting work and still am doing consulting work. But the consulting work now has gotten to where I told my wife, I said, if it ever impacts my personal time, it's gone. So that's why I said earlier, she says, when are you going to leave WIDA because you don't need all this work? No, I don't need the work, but I like the calls. You know, when Maxie calls and said, I have a problem, or a friend calls and said, I have a you know, we have an argument between us and someone else, and I'm the third party. And I can give them the opinion they need that's independent. And then that solves the problem for them. So I love it. I don't know if I'll turn it down. I might slow it down. That's a difference, you know. You know let them know I'm out there. I mean, I come to these conferences. They, I see people. They know I'm here. They know what I do. And, uh, you know, it goes on from there. But I do, I'll tell you the story about we went out for our anniversary not too long ago to have dinner sitting down there and there's a another fellow guy in the neighborhood who's a dredging man he has his own business we sit and chat for a minute he says come see me monday i said okay i will we go to eat we're celebrating our anniversary with having the wine and, and everything with it at the end you know the guy says oh made it he says your bill has been paid by the other fellow that was here so that's the camaraderie in the dredging industry you know but there was somebody who knew me wanted me to pick my brain and pay for my meal before i even got to him so it's little things like that to keep you going. It doesn't take much. I remember that to this, to, you know, until I'm dead, probably. Yeah. I think we, this podcast is intended to speak to a wide variety of industries and, you know, within maritime. But if you were to describe the dredging community to someone, I think that probably has not changed over 50 years. Tell us a little bit more about what makes it special. Hmm. The dredging community is so close-knit. You can't leave and go get a job elsewhere without bumping into these people again in some related manner. I went from operations and marketing of a contractor to being an engineer. I got into environmental dredging, you know, remediation of contaminated sediments, and I'm still here talking to the same people. This community is very, very small, and you don't burn your bridges because you're gonna see them again sooner or later. Uh, And I think the wives go along with it too. I mean, my wife loves this. She sees her old friends here all the time. You know, she remembers them from last time. Talk about kids and talk about grandkids and great-grandkids sooner or later. I, so I think it's, it, the community of it is the best part. You know, and there's a lot of technological advancement that you don't see in this industry. You know, I mean, engines used to be in the, in the past, just turn them up. 
run them. And the chief engineer just ran it like he wanted to. But now that's all computer control. You know, it's governing how, it, how the load is put onto it, how it reacts. You know, I see that as an engineer as, oh, that's Mecca to me. Yeah. I'm right where I want to be, you know. Here's, here's the goal coming out the end of the pipeline because somebody created something that's a, a technological advantage. Yeah. I see that all the time. So, you know, the dredging industry, it's, it's a dirty job. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I never know of another job where you can do your job totally in the blind and still do it to the smallest degree of accuracy, you know, down to a, a tenth of a foot underwater, blind. Submarine. And give it to them. That's right, you know. No one else does that kind of work. They got bulldozers with sensors on, they can drive and level off a roadway easily. You don't do that with a dredge. No. Close your eyes and feel it. Yeah. And that's the feel. You got to give them the right equipment to learn how to feel that bottom. So Amazing. Maybe that's it. But you should talk to my wife about what the, what the industry is to her. That's <laughs> get a wife up here. You know, they'll tell you exactly what it's like. You know. Yeah. He's always gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's next um, for the industry? I mean, what is the next 50 years going to hold if you were to look into a crystal ball in the future? Wow, I think, you know, you see people like Cal in here. I see the industry changing with new firms coming in, people building new equipment. Yeah. I mean, the, I see the dredge that I designed back in 81 and built in 81. It's still working to this day. It's 40 years old. That is too old for some of the equipment. You can only upgrade a house so much. Before long, you got to throw the house away and rebuild it. Same with dredging. So I see that happening in the industry. Callan and Great Lakes and Weeks are, are great examples of new building. Um, there's, there's a new firm out here. Other firms have bought up smaller firms. It's changing because there's, there are new investors coming into the market. It's going to continue to change. And the driving factor is our economy. You know, we have lots of money coming out right now that's pushing everybody to, to let's say, save lives in coastal wetlands rehab or uh, some coastal protection for storms so that's driving you know the, the, the legislature to put money into those projects and the contractors respond I think it's going to continue to go like this until something else happens I mean it takes a catastrophe to move this industry off the dime sometimes but they move fast they really do so. Thank you yeah. so much for spending your time no, with us today. It's problem. such an honor. Maxie, do you have anything you want to close with? This I, is a very special Well, it, it, you know, I, I would you. say, you know, we talked about uh, the mentor piece, but he's become a friend, too. And, I, you know, I've consulted my wife. I've consulted my dad about retirement. And a couple of weeks ago, I called him, and I, I sat on the porch with my cup of coffee, and we talked for about an hour, and we went through everything. You got your insurance in line. You got this. Make sure you keep yourself busy. So just, you know, you, you can't say enough about how small the industry is and yeah, how, you, yeah. how you stay in touch with people, and it, it's it's a great thing, and I've, I've really enjoyed having you in my life. Yeah, same here. Same here, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Alan. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank All you right. for the opportunity. This is In the Bill, Stories Under the Deck. <laughs>